being around her all the time and how she supported my dream and how she took me to basketball. Like I just spent so much time with my mom. Like she would take me to every gym I needed to go to if I wanted to just be able to play and to practice. Um, so like a, a lot of the vulnerability of like a relationship, being able to talk to her as a friend, being able to talk to her as a mom, being able to talk to her in, in all sorts of different, like I feel like our relationship has no boundaries in the sense of like what we can and cannot talk about. I feel safe for her um, just because of the support she showed and like embracing me for who I am in every moment. That was Nikhil Alexander Walker. I'm your host, Marnie Gellner, and this is Wolves Plus. I'm on the hustle for the glory, on the grind for the crown. Not to hustle if you want to, if you do, you're going down. Oh! Great catch, great finish. Towns to go bare. Come on now. That's playing with flow. Towns for three! It is Carl Anthony Towns for court. certainly is. Edwards, spinning and finishing! Nikhil, I had read that you were about two, maybe three years old when you got your first Fisher-Price basketball hoop and that you love that thing and you played on that thing to the point where the neighbors downstairs mm -hmm. in the apartment building would complain? Yes. Yes? Yes. They were, uh, I would say, I moved to that building when I was five. So it happened like maybe around eight or nine. So they had done dealt with like four years of it, to say the least. So, well, you put that hoop through some struggles. Yeah, man. yeah, no, most definitely. Um, I've played NBA seasons on that hoop, um, playoffs included. So like, I think my grandma, she even was very annoyed. Like she would like ask me all the time, and she's like from the Caribbean, so like her accent would kind of throw into it, and just like her 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 lingo, and she would always say like you know where and it was just like you don't get tired and i was just like no nah, i'm sorry like i can't get tired this is fun like i love it plus i'm like six seven eight nine years old so like fatigue doesn't exist till you hit yeah. like 14. well that would play well into mm -hmm. your future career then wouldn't mm -hmm. it yeah, it yeah would, for sure for sure um you've said the biggest influences in your life especially when you were younger are your mom nicole mm -hmm. and your uncle vaughn and your uncle vaughn is shay Shea Gilgis Alexander's yeah. dad, okay? Yeah. Just so we're connecting the dots here. So your mom worked two jobs when you were younger. What kind of memories do you have of her either being a hard worker or being gone or providing for the family? Um, one thing that I just kind of notice is her consistency with things. And I kind of understood that sacrifice at a young age, like what it meant, um, and she did a lot of sacrificing for me. Uh, mm -hmm. She never drove, um, and we always took the bus everywhere. But she would make sure, like, if she was busting to work, um, taking the train to work, like, and it was, we lived in Scarborough, so a lot of times she worked downtown or she worked in the West. So you're looking at, like, a 30, 45-minute commute there and back, and then making sure I get to where I need to go for basketball or x y and z but like her dedication just to put aside like if she was tired or not 
Um, I know sometimes her second job will have her working till 12 at night, till 1, till 11, and then she has to make that 45 minutes just to get back home before she can wind down, before she can take time to herself. But then it's like you got to go to sleep to get, get up and do it again the next day. Um, and one of the, like the, the craziest things about it, um, just to kind of put into a glimpse of who my mom is, I remember talking to my financial advisor last summer and trying to make this gesture. She was going to turn 50. She just turned 50 in November. And I was like, you know, like it'd be great to retire my mom. And I mentioned it to her and she said no. And till this very day, she works two jobs. She still works two jobs? Till this very day. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. She loves it. It's like she just wants to be busy. She loves mm -hmm. to work. And for me, it's been like inspirational to see like you can have everything uh, or all that you would want and need. And it's deeper than that. And it just goes to show like who she is as a person, which makes me want to work harder as a person. Yeah. What a great quality. What a great characteristic. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you, you had said you're from Scarborough. Which I know is Toronto. Is it a neighborhood, like a section of Toronto? Yeah, it's just, exactly the east, it's just the eastern side of, of okay. Toronto. Yeah. Okay. You um, apparently it's it's beautiful. There are cliffs. You're overlooking Lake Ontario. You got parks and beaches and trails mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah, we got the bluffs. But I mean, where I grew up in Warden Finch, so there's like a mall right there. Not a big one at all, but anything you needed was right there. Um, all of my schools were kind of in that area. So I was kind of learning how to like navigate on my own. Um, our building had a system where like they would, we had like, we hired this guy who lived in the building to take us to school. And it was like $50 a month. Uh, he'd just hmm. drive us to and from school um, all the way up until I got to high school. Uh, so it was pretty cool. Hmm. And because you grew up in Toronto, in Canada, did you ever play hockey? Um, no, my uncles play hockey. Shay's dad played hockey. Okay. My other cousin's dad played hockey. Um, they used to make my mom involuntarily be a goalie for them. <laughs> um, but you had, uh, Do you have no, in, no interest? For me, it was just basketball and everything. I got basketball at such a young age. And I would say in high school, Shay's dad, my mom, my other cousin's uh, dad, um, all my uncles were just so focused on basketball. So, like towards their early teens, 20s and when they started to like have us, I guess the focus was just basketball. Um, okay. All right. And we just gravitated to it. And when you were growing up playing basketball in Scarborough, in Toronto, um, I had read that the players that were good, that stood out, were kind of separated into two possible paths, NCAA good or mm -hmm. NBA Good. And you had said that starting at the Scarborough YMCA, mm -hmm. where you played, you were one of the younger kids, you were picked on a little bit, and it was cutthroat there. Mm -hmm. And you said, that's where my mentality got strong, playing against trash talkers, elevating my game, because that's all there was. You had to yeah. earn the right to even play on that side of the court and hold your own. That's where I got that mentality. For sure. For sure. Uh, just like more background behind it. These are like Probably at the time, you're looking like maybe the youngest was Xavier Rathman Mays. He went to Florida State, um, playing overseas now. But he was the the second youngest. And we're talking like 18, 19 at the time. Like he's in college. So these are all really grown men um, and just 
they had no shame in picking on me. How old were you? I was probably, I've been going since grade six. So I was 11 through 13, 14 at the time. You're and, like six, seven years younger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they, they get, they'll give you a nickname. Like they, they gave, they call me popsicle. Um, I was really skinny and, uh, they're like, yeah, uh, they laugh for, for days saying like my legs look like popsicle mm-hmm, sticks. Yeah. And so they just call me popsicle and they would say next side kid or like, um, so the side was, there's one, they cut the courts in half. There's a full court and then they had two side courts and then cut it in half. And on the side court, it was just for anyone who wants to go to the YMCA just to shoot. Mm-hmm. And then the other side was where they had a series of games. You pick your team, it's pick up. And to be on that side where guys were playing pickup, you kind of signed up for the trash talk. You signed up for the ridicule. You signed okay. up for the, the You knew it was like, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was coming from the moment I got there. So it was like, it kind of brought a, a side out of me that I needed. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You went to Vaughn for, for your high school career, the same high school that Andrew Wiggins went to, mm-hmm. right? He was a few years older than you, though. Did Wiggins have a big influence on on you and your career? Uh, I think it was... Your love for basketball? Definitely early. Um, His group, that CIA bounce team, like Tyler Ennis, him, uh, Xavier Rathamaze, like I mentioned before. I feel like there's a guy named Cassidy at the time who was playing with that group. They had, like, Negus Webster-Chan, like, that Huntington team. It was like Montag Gil Caesar. All these guys were like, you know, when you're coming up at, from in my age group, it's like you want to go play high school for like a year or two, then you want to leave, go to America, and potentially have chance of getting recruited. That was that was like our blueprint because sure. for us That's they what laid they it did. out, yep. and so it was like following in their footsteps, sort of say. And I knew Vaughn was just a real respected basketball team in, in Ontario, so. Um, for me, it just made sense to make that commute because the only thing I could think about was basketball and what's going to get me to this point. And I read a story about you being in the Vaughn gym. So your early high school years where you were at the free throw line and you would want to shoot 100 free throws that would do the uh, the back rim and down shooting where you would make mm-hmm. the free throw, but it would have to hit that inner back part of the rim so mm-hmm. that when it came through the net, it came towards you just to have something specific to aim at or a specific goal. Were you that precise and that anal, for lack of a better word, about your shot at that point? There's no where. It still is. I mean, it's my, I guess you could say it's my superpower and my kryptonite. Um, It's been what's gotten me here because I'm like, I'm very, detail oriented Mm -hmm. and I believe in the small things and it didn't help playing for a guy like Buzz Williams because he believed in the small things (laughs) um but to me I think uh I'm kind of like that's where I learned to navigate as I got deeper into my four years was just like kind of controlling what you can and like what you can't kind of just accepting it and then controlling that response to what ha- ever happens. Um, but I, I remember me and my friend Fauzi, 
me and my friend Chris, me and my friend Josiah, we would all like, there's times where me and Faz used to wait after school till the janitors left so we can stay in the gym and shoot. And we had like, and he was a great shooter at the time, so I needed someone like him that was mm -hmm. gonna push me to wanna make more shots. Cause I think like, I wanna make it, he wants to make it. What if there's only one spot? So if Fauzi would yeah. make 10 for 15, I'm making 11 or more. If I don't, I am pissed. Like, and that's just wow. who, who I was just cause like being competitive from the Y and then also being very detail oriented and, and being so passionate about wanting to succeed. Yeah. Um, kind of drove me to that point. And driven. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Mm -hmm. I'd read that you, in ninth grade, carried around a book, a Michael Jordan book in your backpack. So was that because you were reading it? Or it was like a, a theme for you? My mom kind of started reading for me. Uh, she, she would read, and it wouldn't be anything deep, self-help or anything. She's like She just liked to read. Um, and so... There's a book, uh, I had two books. I had a basketball book that kind of just talked about the history of the game. And then I had a, a book um, that talked about Jordan and it was just like, for me, this is crazy because some of the stuff I remember very vaguely. So you're mentioning it and it's like bringing up slow, like, <laughs> oh yeah, like there, there was I that. I did do like, that. Yeah. So um, there was that book and sometimes I would read it, but I use things as reminders. Like I always wanted to be driven or fueled or I lived an hour away from Vaughn. So I had to take two buses, walk 10 mm -hmm. minutes, like, um, you had some time. Yeah. And so for me, it was like these constant reminders of like, okay, like I, I need to be better. I need to find ways to push myself over the top. Cause I used to think like, man, I'm coming from Toronto what are the chances of me being here? You know what I'm saying? Like, how's anyone gonna know I'm here? Like the world is huge and there's so many people playing basketball and what are the odds that I actually make it out? I know I wanna do it, but I wasn't dunking like Andrew Wiggins in the sixth grade. I didn't have uh, athleticism till later on, till like college probably. Um, yeah. So there's small things that I didn't really get to that I just needed every little inch or something I could take just to boost me higher in that competition level. And apparently one of those things was literal inches, like weight and girth and strength, because there was a time when you were very conscious of becoming bigger, not your height, which you can't control, but like getting stronger. And I'd read that you were eating like pasta between classes or like walking from building to building or whatever and you're just trying mm -hmm. to consume mm -hmm. the right calories or chicken or whatever like how conscious were you of those little things that you needed for your body very conscious um I, it was my senior year in high school there's an app that tracks your calories so you like scan whatever you eat sure yeah you're recording and it all yeah yep. and um i remember i would like it was the nike hoop summit and they gave us food, and I would get two plates minimum. Like, I'd tell myself, you needed two plates. Like, And I remember weighing in at 190, and my high school coach at the time was like, bro, what have you been eating? Because, like, I must have gained, like, seven pounds just being there. 
Um, well, what had you been eating? I, everything. It was like what I wasn't eating. Like if they had, if they laid it out buffet style, they were doomed because I was going back for more. <laughs> so um, they, I was snacking in between. Um, but yeah, I was really, really trying to focus on like getting my weight up, getting stronger, knowing that next level you're playing against seniors, juniors, mm-hmm. guys who've been doing yep. this for two, three years. And and physicality, the athleticism, the competition just ups the ante. So it's like time for me to do the same. Well, apparently it worked and you started on that same path. You came to the United States to -hmm. finish your high school career. You played two years of college ball at Virginia Tech. And I had read that in your second season that you had started to wear a suit Mm -hmm. every day for Mm -hmm. game days. So this tells me you are now turning into... I'm locked in. This is a business. I'm taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. Was that the connection between doing that? Like that now we mean business. So it was that year before my college roommate and I, um, we were watching the playoffs. And I think that's when like the Cavs wore the suit. Like when Braun had oh, everyone sure. wear the suit. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, yeah, like we'll do that for like anywhere that's not a home game. So we started locking in, like, really trying to do that. He gave up halfway through. I kept going. I was like, all right, you're going to leave me out to dry. And I used to mess with him all the time about it. I uh, still do. But I think it started with that. And was like, it for that mentality? Yeah, like, just that, like, okay, like, every game matters, playoff mode, mentality, like, lock in, let's try to do something um, great. We knew, like, we had a chance and we knew we had a good team. And that year, I believe we were top 10 for a lot of the year till injuries. And even just me personally wanting to take that next jump, I was like, I can't wait to become a professional to be a professional. And so that was my mentality. Okay. It brought you to the NBA draft in 2019. You're the number 17 overall pick. Your draft night fit. Snake skin suit, bolo tie, mm-hmm. no socks. No, you I had stand the no by shows. that. I had the no shows, but um, oh, the no shows. Yeah, you stand by that outfit. That yeah, that was a sharp look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the year before Shay went uh, pretty out there as well, and I think us being in the same family, like I couldn't come in no plain suit. <laughs> I just yeah, knew, no way. I knew something was like people were gonna look to expect something big from me. Uh, me and my friend Julian at the time, who designed it, uh, we were like, let's really do something like I haven't seen. And one day on League Fits, there it was, just like it was like a snakeskin print. But as we were having ideas, he had an alligator print, and I was like, you know what? I need that. Let's do it. The whole suit. And it only touched to it because, like, I played in the South. I lived in the South. So the bolo tie just made sense. And um, he was like, you know, we can cuss him. We can do fun things. Like, we can put the NAW on. And I was like, yeah, I got to do that. Like, it's a must. Oh, so did it have that? Yeah. So it's a little Mm -hmm. detail on Mm -hmm. there? So was it alligator? I said snakeskin, but was it alligator? alligator. I stand corrected. And he somehow found shoes that were alligator as well. And, like... It just tied in perfectly by the grace of God. So I'm, I'm happy about that. I stand well, by it to this day. It was a look. Mm-hmm. You were seen. Yeah. <laughs> the polo tie. 
your rookie year you played in New Orleans, and that roster was in flux that season. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys missed a lot of time with COVID or because of COVID, and you were part of that. So that there was just a lot going on in your rookie NBA season. How do you characterize overall your rookie season in the NBA? Um And I don't I don't know what you would call it here, but it's like any ride at Six Flags, basically. In Toronto we have Wild. like the Leviathan and all those scary ass roller coaster rides. But here I would just say just pick a ride at Six Flags. That's the one. Okay. Um, we have Wild Thing at yes. the Valley Fair. Yes. Uh very, very, very uh up and down. Like you're you're dealing with the the highs of everything you've worked for. Mm-hmm. And me at the time, I was so eager to just, I was in a rush. I was in a rush to prove, and I was in a rush with my work that I wanted my results to come quicker than they did. So that sent me on an up and down path. And then you have the mixture of like playing behind Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Etwan Moore, yeah, JJ Redick. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were as deep as it gets at every position. So I'm like, damn, like this is tough. And there's guys like Frank Jackson who were there two, three years before me, and they're still going through what I'm going through. So um, it was a lot to deal with. And then you have COVID, so you don't know if you're gonna have a season. You don't know how long this is gonna last. I had broke my wrist. So I'm just going through a ton of emotion at the time. Um, fortunately, one of my friends, Chris, came out to live with me, and then it kind of slowed down then, like having that family aspect um, and, and just accepting, like, it's all going to come when it's ready, and I just have to do my part. And for years, I haven't been doing – I was doing more than my part because I was able to dictate results. Mm-hmm. At, in high school, it's easier to work harder and then get the starting job. Um, and this is a business. So a lot of things don't go the way you want within that business just because of how the food chain works. Sure. And so I was just kind of like getting accustomed to that. And that's why it's my kryptonite and that's why it's my superpower. <laughs> that's a lot to take in mm-hmm. as a, a rookie mm-hmm. first year in the NBA. So you end up in your second season being traded to the Jazz before the trade deadline. And then obviously here you sit, your Minnesota Timberwolves sweatshirt here today. So this is now your third NBA team in four seasons. And you could look at it like, look how many people want me. It's good Mm -hmm. to be wanted. Mm -hmm. It's also a lot of change. Yes. Change of cities, coaches, facilities, all of that. Is your personality adapting well to this and just kind of like picking up and like, all right, here we go. What's next? Or has Um, it been more of a challenge in that area? The, the day of each trade hurts because you build relationships at each space. Remember the first time Jackson Hayes, Zion, like even when Frank left before, me and Jay Hart were together. But the, I don't, Billy Hernan Gomez, the, Jonas, uh, there was nobody on that team that didn't feel like family to me. Like the entire roster down, like Jose, Najee, B.I., Tay, like all these guys were like super close to me. Um, and 
it was like the f- one of the only teams that I've ever been on where like it felt like family throughout the entire team, which was really cool. So it hurts to get adjusted, and, you, and you're nervous because you're like, all right, I got I had bought a house. Fortunately, I rented it out to Trey Murphy, who's also like a brother to me, and um, just a lot of things were going on, like a lot of change that I didn't mm-hmm. understand, like how am I going to react to this? So now that I kind of like settled in, and sure enough, what it taught me was that life is going to go on. Like I couldn't dwell in missing my friends or dwell in dang, I got traded, they didn't want me. It's like I needed to focus and be ready for whatever was to come next. Maybe I was to come in Utah and make an impact somehow, some way, um, and have a chance to be on a winning team that's contending for a championship. So that's exciting. So it's mm-hmm. like now you got to shift your focus to worry about that yeah. and to focus on that. And then the same thing here. Um, didn't work out in Utah, but it taught me so much about being a professional, about the everyday life that, in a sense, my mom went through, like, I've heard her plenty of times make comments about, ugh, I got to go to work, but she did it. You know, like, ugh, I got to I gotta move to another city. I got to learn a new system, but yeah. I'm going to do it. You do it. And then I'm going I'm to learn it, and I'm going to embrace it because life's going to go on. And either way, it's either I move with it or I get left behind. Yeah, that is a really good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. I do love to your opportunity in Minnesota and Chris Finch's quote very early on after the trade, he said, we didn't think of Nikhil as just a throw in to this deal. It took us a couple of games to figure out where he fits, but he is really taking to the opportunity. So there you go. Mm -hmm. That's you finding the blessing in this Mm -hmm. and arms wide open and saying, all right, what's, what's my opportunity here? Because there is an opportunity with the wolves. Yes. And I'm so Fortunate, I say that like a lot, but I feel saved being here. Like, uh, like it feels like the work has finally paid off to a degree, and not in a scoring standpoint, not in a statistical standpoint, but just in opportunity, like you said. And one thing I, I kind of realized amongst all of this is that the one thing I can control is my attitude, myself, and how I pres- how I go about. This. Like you're not gonna get your fairy tale situation all the time, and sometimes it's better when you don't have expectations. Sometimes it's better when you come in and embrace everything because you don't realize, quote unquote, what you might be missing. But it's not just for you, and I mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for Minnesota because it's given me a chance to enjoy basketball at a whole new level since I was a kid. For sure. Yay! Love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. A lot of basketball players, especially at this level, they're good with shooting, left hand, right hand, I mean, in certain situations, dribbling. But from what I've read with you, you consider yourself ambidextrous. Mm. Has that been all the way up? Like you were just born with sort of being able to use either hand to do a lot of basketball activities? Or did you create yourself as ambidextrous? So like before, I was just kind of watching so much basketball as a kid. And I remember, like, I was young, and I just shot the ball on my left because I was watching someone prior. And I don't want to say Michael Red because <laughs> I don't know if it was him. But it was somebody left-handed. I don't even remember if he was left-handed, but I hope he was. Um, uh, somebody left-handed, and so I just tried it. 
and my uncle was like, do it again. Like, don't don't stop doing that. Like, anything you should you can do with your right, you should be able to do with your left. And so, like, I remember going to our old neighborhood on the top of the garage. They had a basketball court. And if I practiced something with my right five times, I would practice it with my left five times. Mm. And then so forth. It just became more natural. So I started liking my left because it made me focus more about being able to do it to where, like, I almost prefer it. Really? Yeah. Did you start doing that in your daily activities too? Like, did I've read about people trying to eat left-handed and just do things so that they sort of develop their mm. offhand more? Um, for some odd reason, don't know why. I was a kid and like I took a pen and I was just writing my name on my wall in my room. On like, your wall? Yeah, it's just trying to practice left-handed. I don't know. I don't know why I did that. And. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, I practice like writing my left and I practice writing my right and then like trying to write my name different ways, like stuff like that. Okay. So, I mean, I can think of better ways of <laughs> trying to, you know, paper might have come yeah, to mind, yeah, yeah. but yeah, you do. You. you played for Team Canada and I know you are a very proud Canadian and your country means a lot to you. You have some tattoos. You speak so highly of the Canadian national team. What do you think it is about your connection to where you're from and to be such a proud Canadian? Why is that so prominent in your life and so important to you? Uh, it's definitely who I am. And it's a part of my story. So I've learned to kind of just accept those things. And everyone goes through their difficulties in life. And I felt like being from Canada presented a lot of obstacles to get here. And I embraced those, and that's what's made me who I am. And so every single part of that and representing my country means a lot, especially watching my favorite players and the way they spoke about their country. Mm -hmm. And to say that I'm able to do that for mine, uh, how could I not be appreciative and give back and when I think about where a lot of other people are from and the other things that they have to go through, like Canada, to be Canadian is a great thing in my eyes. Like, I know I definitely want to go back when I retire, like, and be home. So it's, it's definitely just who I am, and it's a lot of my story. So I embrace it, and I love Canada for the opportunities I had as a kid to just be able to go to school to be able to dream the way I had a dream and, and pursue it. Um, I know there's kids around the world that are worried about way bigger things, like just walking outside safely. So, I mean, to be Canadian, like, or on, I guess you could say, like, the western side of the world, I'm not going to take that for granted. So that is part of who you are, and I know your family is part of who you are and very important to you. And we've mentioned your cousin, Shay Gilgis-Alexander, a couple of times. You grew up about 40 minutes apart, distance-wise. Mm -hmm. Was mm -hmm. he more, like, brother to you than cousin, or did you just see each other occasionally? Like, how often were you together? So if you ask me, I would say I have 15 brothers, and that's just every cousin I have. Really? My um, entire family is close, and... My mom's probably one of five or six, or I don't know how many, I can't keep up. But um, they all have multiple kids. And 
my cousins Jade and Shaq who live with me um, were there all a lot. Um, Shay, his brother Mossy, uh, just all of my cousins. We all grew up together and we we're all hanging out and we all have core memories when we were young, just doing stupid things. Um, and like, I truly feel like my family is just one of a kind, but they've all, they've all been like brothers. Shay's been like a, a twin for me because we're the same age. So a lot of things that we went through together, played on the same teams together, um, went to the same camps. We just hung out so much that I felt like to a point where he knew what I was thinking, I wouldn't have to say it and vice versa. And like, we can laugh about so many things and it's good to see how he's doing because it feels like it's me. It feels like I'm living through him. And I tell him that every day, like as much as I can when I talk to him, just how proud I am of him. Like there's times where in high school we shared rooms. So we just talked about everything we wanted to do and being kids and talking about everything we wanted to do. And like to see him actually putting that into motion, one is motivating and two, it's like surreal. The first time you two met on an NBA court when you were a rookie in New Orleans and he was in Oklahoma City and you did the jersey exchange afterwards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Surreal or very real? I mean, that you talked about dreams as a kid and there you two both are on an mm -hmm. NBA court playing mm -hmm. in the same game. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until, I guess, now, and it, and it was bad because my rookie year I was just so prove 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 that like I, you know you kind of like when you're focused on the end goal you fly through so many of the milestones in between mm -hmm. and you miss these things and i definitely appreciate it but now more than ever than that moment i appreciate it just because i understood what it meant and i stopped i let go of what else i need to do and started to think about what i already had done and anything else could be a bonus and it, that's when it really hit me. That's when I was like, yeah, like, that's insane. Like, out of all the people that make it, someone I grew up with, someone that knows me better than anyone, has seen all trials, I've seen all his trials, here we are to, like, playing against each other. Like, it's pretty cool. And are you still close? You still oh, talk yeah, and text yeah, 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 yeah. a lot, yeah. even during the season? All the time, yep. all the time. Yep. Um, he gets on me a lot. Uh, about <laughs> not calling back or not responding, so most definitely. Off the court, or maybe on it as well, you are uh, big on cleanliness. You're big on order. Uh, you have said in an interview I watched, uh, organization is key. It brings peace to your life. Mm -hmm. What kinds of things in your life do you need to have organized, and do you always have organized? Uh, my room, my closet, my car... Any any place really that I'm there, just if I if it belongs to me, just has to be clean. Sure. And like some of my friends mess with me all the time. Like they know I'm very tidy, so they're afraid to touch things um, in <laughs> oh, my room. Oh, you're at that level. Yeah, like it's 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 funny because sometimes like I'll come in and I know like one of my close friends. Um, he'll start breaking out into laughter because, like, he can't hold it because he just knows I know right away. Um, and it's just, like, who I am. Like, I'm very clean, very tidy. So describe your locker area if, if 
somebody had a tour of the Timberwolves locker room. I know you just got here, but what what are what are we looking at? Uh, so you got like the shower stuff um, in like the clothes part of the locker. Um, you got the lotion in one side and like the smaller side. Then you got like Kobe's at the bottom. At the top, you got the KDs, and you got the Kyries at the top, uh, right above, right below the 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 KDs. So. And then I have like so your shoe and yeah. I'm sh- are they straight? Everything are they- yeah, everything's like kind of tucked so they can all fit. Okay. Um, like uh, hangers facing hangers different directions to or one side. If I one. hang up my clothes, they all face a certain side. Uh, I sound crazy probably to the no. To you the, sound neat to the untrained <laughs> mind, I guess. Uh, but yeah, like it's just been for me. That's how. Like, I find peace and order and, yeah. and just, like, yeah. the simplicity of knowing, like, everything's where it needs to be. Everything has a place. You pull the drawers out. You see the socks. You see the tights. You see the shorts. The other one, you see the T-shirts and long sleeves, the sweats. So everything's, just, like, okay. folded. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Hey, when your space is organized, mm-hmm. your mind is organized. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Do you ever have dirty dishes in the sink that you would leave overnight? Do you ever have clothes on the floor because you're too tired to pick them up? Surprisingly, the one thing I can't do is dishes. So I had a chef. I ha- and I have like have had always had a chef. And once they said like they'll do the dishes, I don't touch dishes. That's probably the only thing. But that you also I don't, probably don't let them leave them. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They There's, they gotta yeah, be taken care. Those dishes are gone by the next meal. They, the dishes are gone, so we ain't gotta worry about that. And then by the end of the night, there's no dishes in the sink. But I just don't do dishes. Yeah, everything else I do like. That's about it. You're tidy. Mm-hmm. You're neat. You're mm-hmm. clean. Got it. Say the least. Um, you have a game day ritual, or at least at one time you did, where you do everything first with your left side, I want to say, like shoes, yeah, socks, that's whatever, when I was and crazy. then, right? Yeah. Do you, are you still that meticulous? No, I try not to be. I try not to be that meticulous, because then that's when I realized, like, this is pushing unhealthy. But outside of that, like, everything kind of stayed the same. And I started to think, like, if I put my right sock on first, did I really play bad because of that? And then I just had to really break it down to myself. Like, I'm, I'm, I need to start letting go. I need to start like accepting and enjoying. And and I just, like I said, I wanted it so much that like I realized like if I did something well and it worked, it almost turned into a superstition to a degree. Mm-hmm. And I just had to let go and like not really believe yeah. in those things, but believe more in my work and being a man of God. There you go. Because sometimes they can be crippling mm-hmm. when you start to yes, for sure. dig into those a little too deeply. For sure. Um, because you're new in Minnesota, we're just kind of getting to know you and, and even your name, Nikhil, Alexander, Walker. The broadcasters kind of started using Na as a nickname, which you're good with, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're okay with that? What are, you, what are your other nicknames? I've heard people call you Keel. Yep. We heard Popsicle. Mm-hmm. That's the OG right there. Yeah, that's it. Popsicle's the OG school. one right there. Um, Kiel, when I'm, actually was my sophomore year when I first came to St. Louis, my friend Callie started calling me Kiel. So that's when they kind of picked up and everyone's just saying Kiel. Um, but back home, I go by Nick or Nikki. So I've heard oh. it. I've heard it all. Yeah, I've okay. kind of heard it all. Okay. What about your name on the back of the jersey? It kind of makes that full rainbow. Do you ever have input on, like, let's even that out or, like, we're uh, shrink I the like letters? I like it. I like it. When I see other names, like, 
I'm like, nah, I kind of liked how it's full and like, I know I can't be a multi, like a double digit guy because that's just not enough space. But like, <laughs> I, I do like having the full thing and like, okay. That is cool. That's interesting you say not a double digit guy because I was looking at your jersey numbers four in college, zero in New Orleans, then six, six with the Jazz, nine with the Wolves. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. a lot of different numbers, always single digit. Is there rhyme or reason or uh, meaning behind them? College, um, Shay's dad, he wore four in high school. So, like for me, that was just for him. Uh, zero, my rookie year, I had no clue what number to choose. Like, I didn't think anything really stuck with me my friend at the time said just choose zero like since it's like people argue is it a number is it not and it didn't mm -hmm. really matter about the number per se so I chose zero and then when I went to six that was just because after my rookie year it just left a sour taste in my mouth and I just wanted a complete I want to let it go the virus mm -hmm. the bubble everything just scrap that throw it away act like it didn't happen um, and then I just realized like six, a lot of things like for me, I have six siblings, uh, me and my closest friends, like the close, close group from high school. There's six of us, uh, being from Toronto, you can the call six, it the six. Yeah. So like, I was just like, you know what? Six it is. Like it's super fitting. It's who I am. Why not? Let's go with this. Let's run with it. And then you got here. Mm -hmm. and, and you're looking at Jordan McLaughlin. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was tough, but I mean like. Just turn it upside down. So uh, that was the good thing about there nine being there. There you go. I had read, um, too, that when you, at one time, I think it was in New Orleans, you were into cooking. You were watching YouTube videos. You wanted to be this chef. Are you still into that? Is that like maybe a career after basketball is you want to be a cook? Yeah, I would definitely love to cook. I definitely love to, like, to this day, I still probably spend a ton of money on restaurants and eating and food and chefs. So and you're a foodie. I am 100% yeah. a foodie. Um, so if I can, it's just the timing. And for me, I don't like taking time away from my craft. Uh, but if I could, cooking, learning how to make stuff would be 100% ideal. I love, I love food. Looking at your... Instagram, I can tell that you are very close to your mom and you spoke very lovingly and admirably about her already in this show. Um, how would you describe just the role she's played, the influence she's had, the importance that your mom has, even to this day as an adult in the NBA that your mom still has on you in your life? Uh, I think I tell her all the time now more just because like I'm so away um, and I'm her only son uh, she's like for her it's just remembering like my mom was my first best friend that's for sure a fact um, I moved schools I went to like three elementary schools yeah. and I kind of had to move and learn and like I did make friends and stuff but being around her all the time and how she supported my dream and how she took me to basketball. Like I just spent so much time with my mom. Like she would take me to every gym I needed to go to if I wanted to just be able to play and to practice. Um, so like a, a lot of the vulnerability of like a relationship, being able to talk to her as a friend, being able to talk to her as a mom, being able to talk mm -hmm. to her 
and, and all sorts of different like I feel like our relationship has no boundaries in the sense of like what we can and cannot talk about. I feel safe for her um, just because of the support she showed and like embracing me for who I am in every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, from when like believing in me when I didn't believe sometimes and always telling me that this moment would come. Uh, even when I felt like it was like so hard because it wasn't. Uh, it's it's hard to put into words to say the truth, but to this day, we talk as much as I can, um, and I and I try to make a focus to do more and call her more, and um, she'll text me after every game. She'll text me before every game. She'll call me after every game. So we still keep up, um, and like. I think that's not gonna change. Like yeah. to this day, NBA or not, I can't have her pick up nothing for me no more. Cause that's when she wants to go shopping as well. So that's like, that's just the only thing like I mess with her about all the time, and a bunch of stories. I just kind of like, I know she'll watch this and she'll laugh at seeing me <laughs> say that. But um, that's just about it. That's just about moms it. are the best. Mm-hmm, they moms are, are the best for sure. I wanted to ask you about one random photo on Instagram of one of your walk-in photos where you're wearing a Supreme hockey sort of collaborative jersey. We were actually looking at it before we started this interview, but the part I wanted to ask you about is your hat. Mm-hmm. In that photo, you're wearing a Twins hat with the old, the navy blue one with the red mm-hmm. script M. Yeah. What's the story behind the hat? Were you here in Minnesota already when that photo was taken? No, we didn't even get to be in the city yet. I was collecting hats since freshman year I had cut my hair and so I was like big on hats then and so I had just been collecting snapbacks as much as possible and there's a guy I used to go to a lot uh, I think it was Corbo's Closet and one other guy and Vintage 905 and they just started sending me a bunch of old hats and I remember seeing like a corduroy twins hat and I was like I need it so as I'm packing so the night I get traded they tell us we're gonna have to leave the next day with the team, and we got like to finish the road trip out, then we'll come back to Minnesota. So I'm packing, I'm like figuring out what I want to wear for the game, figuring out what I'm gonna do on the off days. And as I'm going through my hats, I see the Twins hat. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is the, the perfect time, if yeah. now, then, yeah. if not now, then when to wear it. So I was like, yeah, this is. This is uh this is the time and I remember getting to the hotel and like everyone was surprised. It was like, yeah, got a twins hat on. I'm like, okay. And um, yeah, that's what made it official. That was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. That was a nice touch. Let's finish up here with five quick, snappy, random questions. Okay. What is your favorite food, Nikhil? Um, oxtail rice and peas slash taco pie. Are those two different things? Yes. Okay. What is your least favorite food? Um, anything with pickles. Oh, pickles. Anything really? with pickles. Dills, any, the sweet kind, any of them. They're all mm-hmm. out? I'd rather eat what I'm allergic to than a pickle. <laughs> uh, honestly, I just can't. I can't. Mm. Are you allergic to uh, certain sh- foods too? Yeah, shrimp, lobster, okay. Shellfish. crab, mm-hmm. crawfish. I can eat oysters, mussels, clams, gallops. Oh, it's weird. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, but you'd rather have those mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. a pickle. Yeah, for sure. People love shrimp, from what I hear. So yeah, no, they <laughs> they generally do. I would love to eat shrimp over a pickle. Do you drink coffee? Not a coffee guy. Um, you do teas. I'm a uh, I'm a matcha guy now. I'm a matcha guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is matcha mocha so just was, a different way of saying it? I don't, I don't know what it is. Is it hot? Is it, it cold? It was what? like. So, my girlfriend just kind of always brought, she always ordered it. She's like, I got to go to Starbucks. I got to order one. So, I'm like, she would always force me to try it. And I'd be like, mm, I'd pretend to drink it and be like, ah, whatever. So, I actually gave it a shot. And it was surprisingly good. And ever since, I, I probably get one a day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it mocha? Or are we talking about mocha? I have no idea okay, what a matcha is. But you say is. matcha, yeah, and I they don't give know. it to you, and Ma- you like Ice it. matcha from Starbucks. Okay. Caramel drizzle, the pistachio cold foam, Ooh. and uh, oat milk. Okay. That is That's, that's the, the one. combo. That's, that's the one. That's the one. Do you consider yourself more of a morning person or a night owl? It depends. Because I'll wake up, I'll go to sleep at 3, wake up at 7 with energy. So mm-hmm. I could, like, to me, I'm both. Like, if I need to spend a night with my friends and hang out till the sun comes up, I can do that. I can go to sleep early and wake up early. And from the moment I wake up, I'm playing music, being loud, enjoying my day. Okay. Mm-hmm. All-time favorite movie or TV show? All-time favorite. All-time favorite movie um law abiding citizen all time favorite tv show burn notice slash friends and i like that new show um the the intern is it i don't know if it's the intern some CIA show, but it's cool. Yeah, that's mm. on Netflix. I'm gonna circle back. Burn notice. Burn notice. Yeah. It was in high school, my senior year. We were in South Carolina, and I guess like it was just a TV special, so it was playing. Okay. That after that day, we watched the whole day. After that day, I got back to Chattanooga, went on Netflix, and started from the beginning. And it was seven seasons of straight burden on this. Like, oh probably 40 minute, 50 minute episodes, long episodes. It's not there no more. People don't know about it. No, I've never heard of it. Me and Shay, um, we, when we stayed in Chattanooga, they had two like infants. Like, one was like three, one was like one. And we would grab like a box of little muffins, some milk, burn notice the whole night. <laughs> And just binge. That's probably the first okay. show I ever binge watched. It's that or Friends. Yeah, yeah. Friends is cool. Friends okay. is a vibe. You are an interesting fellow, Nikhil. Mm-hmm. You are interesting. Eclectic. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Fun getting to know you. Welcome here to Minnesota.